If you're a founder, business owner, or someone who's trying to figure it out and you've ever felt frustrated, frantic, or unfulfilled, then you're in the right place. My name is Tara Payton. I'm a marketing strategist and consultant who's worked with hundreds of founders. And I am here to tell you there is a space for you to center yourself, get focused, experience fulfillment, and live in flow because you deserve it. I am here to walk you through the phases of life and business most won't, and we will own each stage together. Sometimes I'll be joined by other founders, friends, and special guests who are willing to share the highs and lows of their journey and have since found their own flow. Welcome to Found the Flow. Now let's get you to step into yours. I am joined here by a very special guest, Crystal Perkins, who I love and admire. Um, And I just wanted to say to you, I really enjoy watching you run your businesses, live your life. We were just talking about you going to sit on your patio with your mama and also the fact that you have a family. Yes. Right. And how you do all of that so flawlessly. So I would love for you to introduce yourself and then tell us, tell me, the audience, kind of how you are able to do all of that. Okay. Hi, everyone. I'm Crystal, the founder and CEO of God and Goals Incorporated. So I think that journey for me really elevated about five or six years ago, because in the beginning, you know, you're really trying to go all in and build the brand so that you can really get to that place of manifestation, Mm -hmm. right? And abundance. And so I remember, I just, in the beginning when I was building, I just remember going full all in for the brand. And then we're like, a couple of months into that, I'm like, okay, this is not real ministry because I have to make sure that I don't neglect my family during the process. Mm -hmm. So then my value shifted. Mm-hmm. And my values, my top two values were freedom and family. Mm-hmm. And they still are. And so now where I'm in a place where I've elevated, I still still value that. But I think the way that I'm able to do it so effortlessly is the fact that I put myself first. Mm-hmm. A lot of women, a lot of entrepreneurs... A lot of family women, they always put their husband and children first. Mm -hmm. But about five years ago, I just had this epiphany. If I'm giving you guys 200% and I'm giving everybody else everything, then I am lacking. Mm -hmm. But if I flip that and I give energy to myself first, if I fulfill me first, Mm -hmm. then everybody connected to me is in overflow mode. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so that's the way my life is set up. It's God, me, then my family, then my business. Now, what was it like when you started to shift and put you first before the family? Like, how did they respond? How did they react? We're really big on communication. Mm -hmm. So whenever there is a big shift happening, it's always let's have a seat. Let's talk about it. Let's map it out. So everybody is in alignment Mm -hmm. and everybody knows what their roles are in that season. Mm -hmm. And so I just had a conversation with my husband and I'm like, I'm exhausted. I'm coaching women all over the world. I'm running my boutique. Mm -hmm. I am. We just moved to Georgia. I am, you know, invested in my family wholeheartedly because I'm also the go-to person for everybody in my family. Mm -hmm. And I was exhausted. And I'm like, this is not true servanthood. Mm -hmm. So let me really take a step back. Let me set appropriate boundaries. Let me put me first and let's see what that looks like. And oh my God, it was a man. I'm like, this feels good. (laughs) And so I just continue to feed that. Mm -hmm. And what are some of the things that you do for yourself? So I'm the first one to go to bed at night. 
I'm an early bird. I mm. am in my PJs by what 8.30. What time you go to sleep? Oh, okay. Like, even if I'm not asleep, mm -hmm. I'm settled by 7 o'clock. Nice. So in our household, there's this unknown rule that everybody just comes down at that time because I need that time for me. Mm -hmm. So I have my evening time. I'm the first one to wake up. So I wake up. I meditate every morning at 5.55 mm -hmm. just to give myself that time before everybody else wakes up. Mm -hmm. Um I'm really intentional about just staying full. So I love being outside in nature. Mm. I love sitting out in the sun. I love being by the water. Mm -hmm. Whenever I feel like I'm exhausted, I book a trip mm. just to get away for a couple of days. Or if I can't travel, I'll do a staycation mm -hmm. just to change my scenery and feel back up. Mm -hmm. So those are just some of the things that keep me full. Mm -hmm. Now, when you're taking these trips or you're doing a vacation, is this something you're just doing for yourself or are you taking the family along? I take the family along, too, okay. because although I'm trying to fill me up, they are such a vital part of who I am and mm -hmm. how I operate. Mm -hmm. So, for example, um, I just wrote my first book and I yes. wrote it within two days. I took mm -hmm. this course that teaches you how to write your book in two days. So I booked a vacation mm -hmm. um, and gratefully it was Super Bowl weekend. So my husband was there with me, mm -hmm. but that Sunday he was occupied. So we nice. checked in my husband, my daughter and I checked in that Friday. I started writing that Saturday morning. They still left and did their own thing. Mm -hmm. And I was determined to finish. And then um, my cousin brought my little God babies up. And that was able to give me that push I needed. And nice. I was able to get it done in two days. But if yes. I would have been by myself, it would have mm -hmm. been a little more difficult. So mm -hmm. I need them and their energy. Mm -hmm. But it's also still a moment of focus or a moment of really focusing on me. Got it. Got it. So you need the presence. Yes. Of the I need their presence there, still. Right. To help kind of fuel you. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Nice. Now you talked about being in nature, right? I think this is such an underrated thing. Yes. And I love, so I'm going to tie a couple things in here. I love how you are big on manifestation, meditation, mm -hmm. um, being in nature, but then you also love God. Right. Right. And mm -hmm. you're very vocal about all of that. Now, I'll tell you a story um, about an event that I went to mm -hmm. led by a faith based entrepreneur. And this was years ago. So 2019. And I started talking about, um, you know, crystals and mm -hmm. manifestation mm -hmm. and things like that. And I started getting a side eye. Yeah. People started judging me. Like, oh, that's the girl with the crystals. Like, that's not Christ-like and all these other things. But I love how you kind of marry everything together. Because right. so, all of it serves a purpose. Yeah. So yeah. talk to me about the journey and how you got there. What did that look like for you? Okay. Because I know you were big into the church Yes, initially. I was. Yeah. I was raised in a CME church. Like, mm. we were at Sunday school, at church, at the 3 o'clock program, at the evening service. All like, day. all day long. Yes. So... Um, I think the shift began to happen to me about, I think it was around 2017, 2018, mm -hmm. where I had this epiphany. I had two epiphanies that God just gave me one day. And God said, if the church taught people how to elevate and how to prosper through purpose, they wouldn't have to beg people for money. Mm. And then I had another epiphany that 
we as women are faith, of faith and a lot of Christian women, we know how to write the vision, but we don't know how to live it. Mm-hmm. And it was in that moment where God told me I'm the blueprint to shift women from writing their vision to living it and really walking in the full abundance of who he is mm-hmm. without religion. Mm-hmm. Because in all reality, we should all have this mandate of love. That's who God is. Mm -hmm. So if I'm judging you because you're a Christian and you got crystals, or if I'm judging you because you're a Muslim, or if I'm judging you because of, you know, whatever Whatever. rituals that you you use in your household, that's not love. Mm. And in the beginning of that, it was very emotional because I had to go through a season of unlearning. Mm. So it's like everything I learned that led me to bondage, led me to poverty, I had to unlearn to Mm -hmm. experience the abundance of God. And I'll never forget having a conversation with my grandmother. She is 83, 84. And she still wear the white stockings and the white shoes. Like she's the head missionary of the church. Like she go hard. Like, and I remember asking her a variety of different questions about why we did what we did. Mm -hmm. And she couldn't answer. Mm -hmm. She didn't know. Mm -hmm. And I told her about the journey that I was on. And she simply responded to me and said, I'm proud of you. Mm -hmm. So when I got permission from God and when my grandma said, I'm proud of you. That just gave me the permission to be all that God really was calling me to be outside of the box of religion. Mm -hmm. And I was afraid at first. I'm like, how people going to look at me? Because I've been talking about Christ for 10 years, Mm -hmm. you know, in the marketplace. And I just gave myself permission to go forth. Mm -hmm. And that gave me first lady clients. Like, I have first ladies that's like, I'm rocking with you like you yes. are everything I needed. Mm-hmm. Like, and so that's just a breath of fresh air. Mm-hmm. And you do get those moments where people question you. But I also am in a place where if I don't have the answer to something, I'm just going to simply tell you I'm not there yet. Like mm-hmm. with Sage and all of that mm-hmm. stuff. I don't use all of those things. I do have crystal necklaces. Mm-hmm. I have crystals in my home. But there are certain things that people use on a daily basis with their spirituality Mm -hmm. and that's fine but if i'm unaware of what i'm not gonna go look it up so i could give you the knowledge i'm just gonna simply tell you i've never used it and i don't know right right now talk to me you talked a little bit about your feelings right throughout that journey it was emotional what were those emotional feelings (sighs) and then how did you feel when you got the permission, right? Grandma stamped you. Yep, grandma right? stamped God me, God stamped, stamped me, that was it. Right, so tell me, <laughs> how did you feel in that emotional period, and then how did it feel once you got the permission? It was really emotional because I was really wondering how the marketplace was gonna accept me at that point. Cause I grew mm. up Christian, I've always been a Christian. Like, how is the marketplace going to accept me saying things like spirituality and really releasing religion Mm. and um it just got to the point where obedience was better than my feelings and i had to choose that lane that god was calling me to walk in Mm -hmm. and when i chose it unapologetically and walked in it it was like a new level of freedom Mm -hmm. that i've never experienced in my life Mm -hmm. and that's exactly how I felt. I felt free, like this burden was lifted off of me, mm-hmm. and I just wholeheartedly walked into it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, what does your spiritual practice look like? Now, you mentioned meditation. Is it looks any, like do you meditation. still go to church? No, 
Okay. I don't. Okay. I mean, I, I will go with my family when we go. It's not something that I'm against, mm-hmm. but it's just some things I'm just not willing to do. Like, for mm-hmm. example, we're in a CME church, so they sing those old hymns. And yeah. I'm not singing I'm on the battlefield because I'm off of it. I'm mm-hmm. not going back to struggle. You know what? I'm Let's not talk going back the to song, the battlefield. Because right? <laughs> like, all of those songs were deeply rooted in slavery. Yes. And we don't realize that we're just singing them and keeping that bondage in our lives. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll sit there with you, but I ain't singing it. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not going back on the battlefield. Mm-hmm. Nobody told us we had to stay on the battlefield for the Lord forever. Mm-hmm. Get off of it. Mm-hmm. Stop struggling. Mm-hmm. And so I'm free from all of that. And I'll go and worship with my friends. I'll go to church. But certain th- like I'm not saying take me to the king. You're mm-hmm. not taking me to the king. Let's talk about, <laughs> no, let's talk about this because I want to kind of touch on words right they're and not just words of affirmation but we're talking about you know spirituals and hymns and things like that and how they can keep us in a place where we don't want to be so when did you realize that because i i was raised in the church we were i was raised baptist um we were in church one of my great uncles was a pastor Mm -hmm. so we were in church not as often as you we were there like three days a week but i remember listening to the songs and i would be like yeah, like, and I would ask, I would ask my uncle questions and stuff, and he really couldn't give me answers. And I was they like, just do it because it's root, it's been rooted in us, right? So we feel like nobody questions nobody. <laughs> like Harriet, I love when Harriet says, "I could have freed more people if they knew they were slaves." Facts. People not even they don't know that why they, they they don't even see that they still in bondage. Right. They don't even see like they not even listening to the words of the song. They mm-hmm. just know we've been singing it for a thousand years, like. Mm-hmm. And even if you look up the guy that wrote like Amazing Grace, mm-hmm. he was like a slave owner. Like he said that we were less than and we were animals and mm-hmm. we didn't deserve to live. I mean, he just said all these things. And he, that's the that's the favorite song that we all love to sing. Mm-hmm. You, I cannot. Mm-hmm. I just can't. But I'm grateful for my husband too. He's the one that really also gave me not necessarily permission but he is really deep in reading the books and really going beyond and really finding answers Mm -hmm. that's who he is Mm -hmm. and so we would just have conversations like daily Mm -hmm. and he would share with me the knowledge and the wisdom that he gained from all of the books that he's reading or has read and that really blessed me Mm -hmm. too so that was also a part of because I was still questioning myself like is this Okay, like, am, am I real? Is this the mm-hmm. enemy? Mm-hmm. Is this the enemy and leading me further? Yeah. <laughs> and so, when it was like my husband would reaffirm mm-hmm. that just by the knowledge and the wisdom that he was gaining in the books and stuff that he read on a daily basis, it was like he was reaffirming me. And then I would go back in prayer, and God would be like, "Keep going. Mm-hmm. We're not going backwards. Mm-hmm. Keep going. That's what keeps me going. Mm-hmm. I'm really intentional about words, not mm-hmm. just affirmations, but I'm really intentional about alignment and how my daily behaviors align with the life that I'm continuing to create for yes. myself and my family. Yes. I'm really intentional. My intentions are like on 2000. I'm mm-hmm. really intentional about everything. Mm-hmm. Now, how does this then spill over into you being Coach Crystal? Yes. it'll. I, I feel like it allows me to serve my clients at the highest capacity possible. Mm. It allows me 
to transform them in a way that they've never experienced. Mm -hmm. Because I literally still have a lot of, 80% of my clients are still Christian. Mm -hmm. And they still say to me, I've been in the church all my life, but I've yet to have a transformation like what you're able to give me. Wow. And that just really sets my soul on fire and it just keeps me going. I'm not trying to turn you away from what you believe. Mm -hmm. I'm just trying to get you to experience the life that you've been praying for for so long. Mm -hmm. And see, that's the difference. Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to force you to believe anything mm -hmm. um, other than you're worthy enough for this life. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm really the blueprint to shift you from writing your vision to living it. Mm -hmm. And that looks like 100% love. Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to make you believe what I believe. I'm trying to. I'm not trying to make you burn sage. I want you to identify with who you are, mm -hmm. but I don't want you to be bound by it, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. That makes total sense. Hey, if you want to figure out how to go from being a frantic founder to a founder in the flow, then you better go ahead and get on my email list. Take the quiz to find out where you are currently in the founder's journey, how it impacts your marketing, and I'll send you information straight to your inbox that is known to get you in flow, keep you in flow, and get consistent customers and cash flow coming to your company. So go ahead and take the quiz. It's linked in the show notes, and I will see you next time. So what is, what is the biggest struggle that when someone comes to you, Let's say I'm a new client. What is mm -hmm. the biggest struggle that you find that most of your clients have? Mindset. What What do you mean by mindset? Limited thoughts, limited beliefs. You have been living in poverty and lack for so long that you feel like struggle is God's will for your life. You mm -hmm. feel like struggle also is a mandate to abundance. You feel like mm -hmm. you got to struggle to win. Mm -hmm. And so transforming women and getting them to unlearn that is the biggest hurdle. Mm -hmm. And how do you do that? Like, cool. what is, what is, it's, not everything, yeah, but like right. whatever you can share, like one or two things that would help the audience. You know, if you're struggling with mindset, if you feel like, you you know, you may know or you may not know that it's an issue. Like, what are one or two things? That one of the biggest do? things is taking them on a journey of unlearning. I literally, in the beginning, before we even get to building your business, mm -hmm. we uproot all of those fears, the trauma, the childhood trauma. What have you been told since you was 10 mm -hmm. that you believe still at 47? Mm -hmm. And people don't realize just how important that process is. So we go through an entire life process before we even get to building your business. Mm -hmm. And so getting them to unlearn things, getting them to see greater, getting them to believe bigger, mm -hmm. getting them to understand that abundance is available to you. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to stay on the battlefield. You don't have to stay on the struggle bus. Mm -hmm. And that within itself is transformational before we even get to building your business. Because before I can show you how to build six figures on paper, you have to believe it believe is possible. Believe possible, yes. You got to see it in your bank account before you can even manifest it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now let's talk about manifestation because a lot of people don't understand what manifestation oh, <laughs> means and what it is, right. right? And I love that you're so vocal about manifestation and I wish that more people were able to actually tap into right, it. So right. tell me... Um, tell us, like, what is manifestation? Okay. Like, what does that mean? I really also believe that it's different for every individual person. And mm -hmm. I think people need to realize that, too. However, I think that 
in the marketplace, I see the comments like that people say about manifestation. Mm -hmm. And for me, it's like manifestation is not just speaking into the universe or the atmosphere or whatever have mm -hmm. you. Manifestation is the process from when you see the, the vision spiritually and then you, manif you bring it to life in the mm -hmm. natural. Manifestation is alignment. It is daily habits. Mm -hmm. It is um, work ethic. Mm -hmm. It's it's so many other things. Like it's not you speak it and it's gonna pop this out happened. like God is a genie and it's gonna <laughs> magically happen. That's oh I'm manifesting. Oh, I hate that. Right. Because it's for me manifestation is more about you. Mm. It's your inner beliefs. It's your integrity. It's your daily habits. It's your mindset. Manifestation is more about you than it is of what you write on your notebook. Right. It's about you becoming the woman so mm -hmm. that you can manifest the things. Mm -hmm. When you become the woman, when you do that inner work, and you don't have to chase your promises. Mm -hmm. They're just going to spiritually, your promises are going to spiritually align and attach themselves to you. So my views on it is a lot different than what you see in the marketplace because I have shown myself how I can write something down or how I can see something in the spirit. And I set a goal and a timeline to bring it to life. And then when I bring it to life, I've manifested the thing. So that's what it is for me. Mm -hmm. And I very much agree with you. I don't agree with the, oh, put it into the universe and it'll just happen. What you're basically saying and what I wholeheartedly believe in is that you have to position yourself to manifest that which you want. Yes. Right? Absolutely. We can all write it down in a notebook. We can all speak it into existence. But if you're not positioning yourself, and yes. like Crystal said, with your habits and who you are, becoming the person that you yes. want to become, right, to be able to receive. Yes. That's another. I mean, we could Ooh, get we all into yes. that, right? You have to also be open and willing to receive that which you want to manifest and position yourself yes. appropriately. And that's what people don't see. Yeah. So yeah. it's a lot more action than it just is like, oh, I'm manifesting Absolutely. this life, right? It's a lot more action than speaking. And see, people think it's yes. more speaking than action. Yes. When did you realize that? Wait, first of all, how did you get into manifestation? It just, the word just came to me one day in an epiphany. And I think I was just in prayer and it came to me. And then I began to align with that identity. So I think it was really God. I don't think it was because I didn't create. I, I really believe that God just showed me that because I was looking at my goals and I was going back and looking at all of my notebooks, things that I had written down 10 years ago. And it's like all of it had happened. And God was like, you've manifested all of your dreams. And that's another thing. Like every year I have to set new expectations and set new new greater goals because it's literally all happening day by day moment by moment year by year so i think i became to that i came to that realization about four four years ago mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so how do you help your clients or what do you specifically teach them to help them with manifestation? Cause it's not an easy concept to understand. And I don't, I, I'm sitting here thinking like, where did I learn about manifestation? I don't think that I ever really learned about it. Mm -hmm. I think a term came up and I was like, oh, this is what I've been doing. Right. And I can go back right. to instances in my life where I know I've had to take action, mm -hmm. right? But it's like, oh, you're actually manifesting this cause you're doing something. Right. 
The biggest transformation that I feel like I give to my clients in order for them to manifest is that inner transformation, that becoming her. Because I just refuse to dive into after meeting you five minutes ago. Oh, let's dive into six figures. No, let's dive into why you are where you are. What led you to feel like complacency was okay for you? Just that inner work is what we do first. And then I just really take them on a journey, teaching them how to prioritize their time, changing their daily habits, how to set their goals, how to set deadlines, the strategy, the clarity. Because a lot of people have clarity and they're clear that they have an amazing idea, but they don't have the strategy that it takes to get there. So I'm really big on strategy. So it's just a process that I take, and it's never ending. Even the mindset work, because the mindset that I had three years ago is not acceptable now. The mindset that I had last year for the level of success that I manifested last year is not welcome now. So even teaching them that that mindset work is continuous. It is ongoing and it never ends. Every new level has to have an elevated mindset. And that is so important. I don't think, I think sometimes people think that the journey is just a start and a stop. No. Right. It's like you get to wherever you it is that you want to go. And that's just it. And see, that's why I talk about legacy, because everything that we create and everything that we build should be for generations to come. If I'm just building it for me, how is my legacy going to live on? And if God told me that he's going to make my name great, that means that people still going to talk about me even when I'm dead. So I'm really intentional about generational wealth and legacy because the goal is for the seeds that we've planted and the businesses that we've created and the brands that we've created from the ground up to outlive us. I want my family to still be able to eat off of what I built. And so that's another thing that sets me apart in the marketplace. I don't just want you to have a six-figure business so you can buy your dream car and buy your Louis bag and have your red bottoms. I want to know how is what you're building going to be a blessing to your family. That's how I've been able to hire my husband, pay my daughter, pay my mom, pay my cousin. Like I have several family members that I have hired as full-time team members because it's up to them to keep the legacy going. I love how you're talking about legacy and it never connected for me in this way until just now. Like I know legacy is long-term, mm-hmm. but I never thought of it until right now. Like it's long-term. You have to look long-term because I do marketing strategy, right? So I'm always like, well, what is the long-term right. effect? But that is actually legacy, mm-hmm. right? When you look down the line, what is it that you actually are building for generations to come? Yeah. And to my earlier point, it's not just about point A to point B. That evolution is so important. Yes. I would love to know how many if you can count, how many cycles of evolution have you gone through? I see the number seven. Because I went from the faithful chick, the on fire, the just found my purpose. That's why my hair was red. Like that's a lot of, that's another thing. Like when you see my hair change, you know that I've elevated in some way. When I first started, my hair was red because I was on fire. I was just stepping out there. When I turned my hair blue, it was a new season of elevation. And then I already know what my next hair color will be once another milestone is, is hit. So I would say about seven to ten different levels of elevation. I mean, evolution. What was the toughest level that you had to go through? That spirituality level. Mm. What was the easiest level or the most fun level? The unapologetic level. I just didn't care anymore. Like, 
Your opinion of me don't have anything to do with me. I got to be me. And I have to love all parts of me in order for me to walk into this new identity that God is calling me to. So I feel like the unapologetic one was the fun one because it was like a me take it or leave it. And it was the most empowering one, too. Yes. And how were you empowered? Like, how did you feel empowered by becoming unapologetic? I just felt unstoppable. It was like I was unapologetic and unstoppable at the same time. Me giving myself permission to go after that next level and become that next person without giving a darn how anybody on the outside viewed it. Without wondering how are people going to perceive me? Like, I'm so bold. I went from the red hair to the blue hair and I'm so bold and I'm so loud. And will people be okay with that? And I didn't care. Mm. So you actually cared about that in the beginning? I did. Absolutely. What was that internal dialogue for you? It was a transition because it's like, that's what we're taught. We taught to be small. We taught to be quiet. We have confused humble with small. We are taught, you know, just going back to that slavery thing. Be quiet. Don't say nothing because master going, we ain't slaves no more. We could be who we desire to be. And we could be all that God has created us to be unapologetically. So it was a transition at first. Because even as a child, I used to see things in the spirit and I used to dream about things. And I would tell my mom and I remember her saying, oh, don't tell nobody. They gonna think you crazy. You know, don't tell nobody but me about your dream and about what you saw in your spirit. Cause I would see things and it would happen. Even as a little girl and I'm like, mommy, you know, I dreamed about this. And she was like, shh, don't tell nobody. You can't say that out loud. And so it was during that season where I'm like, you know what? I got to boldly be who I am. I can't be small no more. How did that affect you throughout your life? Like knowing that you would see things that would manifest mm -hmm. essentially, um, but you weren't able to talk about it. When I was at that age, it's like, you just had to do what mama said, you know? So I'm like, I took it out of my head. Like, okay, mama said this ain't right. Mama said, can't nobody know about this, so I just have to eliminate that from my mind. But now, it has me in a completely different place. If I can't see it in the spirit, then I definitely can't see it in the natural. So now, how does all of this, you know, your entire life experience, how is this now affecting how you raise your daughter? Oh, it's completely different. Yeah. Like, I saw a post that you posted. It was like a, a throwback from 2015, and she had said something. You were like, she's going to be such a great entrepreneur. She is. Like, she's miles ahead. She, she is. Yeah. She's a much stronger leader than I am. She mm. is much more apologetic, unapologetic at 12 than I was at, at 16. Like, mm -hmm. she gets it. Mm -hmm. um, just the experiences that ugh, just everything about her is like 10 times me mm -hmm. and I'm excited like yeah. to see her evolve she asks me all the time like nothing that I'm learning in K through 12 is really going to help me in life mom why do I even have to do this and she's 12 yeah I'm like well, we're <laughs> mandated by law that you have to right. go to school right so she goes to school for the interactions and of course she's an honor roll student but she don't give a darn about any of that mm -hmm. because she understands I don't see my mama doing algebra, so I know that when I become an adult, it's mm -hmm. not even going to matter. I just need to know how to budget, make money, pay my bills. Mm -hmm. Like She don't care about none of that. And how is it 
Now you have a lot of family members on staff. Yes, and they all live in my house. <laughs> we all live together. How many people? Seven. I'm here for that. I love it because it's all under yeah. one roof. All under one roof. I just thought people be visiting you. All no, they. I moved all of them in. I bought this big house, and then I just started hiring them and moving them in one by one. Mm -hmm. Now I want to know specifically how was it working with your husband? He loves it. Mm. My husband is. We've been dating since we were 14 years old, so we grew up together. So my mom is literally like his mom in real life, and they have such an amazing relationship. I tell him all the time, my mama, your best friend, I'm your second best friend, because that's just, even when we were like bro broken up in college, he would be at my house, why are you here? He was just a part of the family regardless. So um, he loves it. He actually works like on set in the movie industry. So he's not home all throughout the day like we are, but he absolutely loves it. He calls my mom every morning and tells him, tells her like what he wants for dinner, what's on his tape. Like my mom is just, oh, def most definitely. My mom serves me in a way that is just so loving. She's so, and, and that's why I'm so glad that she's here, especially during this season of my life, because she knows what I need without me having to say it. Yeah. And so having that level of support is everything to me right now. I haven't cooked in my kitchen since my mom has been there. She cooks breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks. Um, she she just does every, I'm like, mama, you retired. Like, I know I'm paying you, but sit down. And she's like, absolutely not. You will not be paying me to sit down. She has to find something to do. And I just love that. Mm -hmm. And I love that you are receiving it. Yeah. Yeah, that's beautiful. So um, what is one thing that you wanna leave the audience with? I mean, you've already shared so much, but what is one thing you wanna leave the audience with as far as um, you know, being an entrepreneur and being on a spiritual journey and also building? Why am I emotional? This is, why am I about to cry? No, okay. I just feel like, cause I'm thinking about the audience right now and where they are, I think also it's just, oh. I would say my biggest thing for them is telling you guys that one of my most favorite affirmations that I always tell my clients, you deserve what you desire, whatever that looks like, your true desires, and you don't have to pray for them. You create and build them. Because if God says that he gives you the desires of your heart, of your heart, so what are they? What do you want? What are your true desires? And give yourself permission to build and create that. Mm. Not what everybody else wants for you. Mm. Not what your mama's desires were for you. What are your desires? Mm. And really believing that you deserve them. So Crystal's adopted me. So the next <laughs> time I'm down in Atlanta, I'm going to be living at her house. Yes, come over. Mama <laughs> cook like... Mama, my friends have been at my house every week since my mama moved in. Yes. She cooks for 30, she cooks th like it's Thanksgiving every day. Can I cook vegan? Uh, she can. She okay. absolutely can. Add she can just give me a little things. side you vegan know, dish on the country, side. So I know. We, yeah. I'll be seeing the food, girl. Yes. <laughs> so I can ask her to give you some vegan options that I'm sure she can create. Right. All right. We're going to make it happen. <laughs> Crystal, it has been an absolute pleasure. Thank I want you to you. tell everyone where they can find you and what you have coming up so they oh can tap God, in. So 
Um, so I actually have wrote my new book. I have a devotional coming out on manifestation. It's beautiful. Um, it's coming out actually in June at my Manifest Live event. But they can just follow me at the Crystal Perkins on Instagram to just stay connected with everything that I have going on in life and business. Perfect. And we will make sure to have all the links. <laughs> I can't wait for the devotional to come it's out. It's so beautiful. Crystal basically adopted me. Her yes. mama's going to be cooking for me. Yes. I'm going to be on the patio chilling with them, yes. manifesting and doing what we Period. need to do in this life. Okay. Yes. So thank you so much. You're it so has been welcome. an absolute pleasure. I hope you all enjoyed this episode and we will see you next time. Now that's a wrap for this week's episode of Found the Flow. I sincerely hope you feel more aligned regardless where you are on this journey. I've centered this show around my hopes that you find a safe space as you navigate your growth. Make sure to share this on your favorite social platform. Tag me while you're figuring out what being in flow means to you and share this with your people because you really never know who can get something from the message. Until next week, may you find the flow.